Hey, hey. I was cheating. Hi, on page. I was like, who's here? <laughs> I know I do that a lot. I want to know who amongst our friends are here with us. Anita's here. Hira is here. Awesome. Anita is here. What's Mark is on? here. Mark is here. Yeah. Excellent. All right, guys. Episode number 55 of the Friday Froster. You've seen the title, Pilfering from the Pulpit. How does he come up with those titles? <laughs> He's so clever. Who is he? Hal is here. All right. Hal hasn't been here in a while. Hal is present and accounted for, but Hal, have you paid your tithe? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it's in Florida. Florida. Of course it is. It's and kind it's of in, Florida man, so that's why Hal's here, I bet. And it's in Jacksonville, Florida, where I used to live. Oh. You know what I yeah. heard? It's on my podcast that's dropping next week. Fort Lauderdale is Fort Frauderdale. <gasps> oh. It wait. Is. Okay. I was going to say, there's a lot of elders in Florida, no, but I didn't want to offend Hal. So <laughs> is there a lot of elder abuse in Florida? Is that why it's called that? But I, I don't know. know. My friend's ex-husband just moved there. And I told her, I'm like, where do you move? And she's like, Fort Lauderdale. And I'm like, it's so funny. I just heard Fort Frauderdale. And she did the ha-ha emoji because it, he's her ex-husband. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you also remember, though, Fort Lauderdale is also the city where the mayor and the council fired the chief auditor after investigating something that he received as a tip from the hotline. That same mayor also called the anonymous complainant a coward. Uh, <sighs> when are people going to learn? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> So, what in the world are we talking about today? Well, there's a church in Jacksonville, Florida called Celebration Church. It's one of the largest churches in Jacksonville, and recently the head pastor announced that he's resigning from his position. Now, that was effective April the 15th. Now, he didn't just resign out of thin air. He resigned because apparently there was a rift between the head pastor and the board. Now, this pastor, I mean, this church was a nonprofit. And so as a nonprofit, the pastor was essentially the president and CEO of the church. The board was a governing board and the two could not see eye to eye. Now, you think maybe, just maybe they had some philosophical differences about religion or something like that. Well, no, it was nothing like that. It was alleged fraud, <laughs> hence the Friday Frost. <laughs> That's why we're talking about it. Hence the reason that we're talking about it. And the board actually hired a third-party firm, a law firm, to come in and do an investigation. They released a scathing 22-page report with about seven different recommendations. But let's talk about some of the things that the pastor and his wife are alleged of doing. So one, multiple large transfers to a new nonprofit entity managed and owned by the pastor and his wife, not the church. 
So they took money that belonged to the church and transferred it to a new nonprofit entity. Hmm. The church purchased a parsonage. So if you guys don't know, that's usually the pastor's house, land and where they stay. And the church usually pays for that parsonage so that they can live, you know. So anyway, they purchased a parsonage where the couple was going to live rent free and they purchased that home for $1.2 million. No now, yeah, yeah. Nah, it, I mean, this is a small house, very small house. Conservative. But the house was owned by a company solely owned by the pastor and his wife, not the church. Now, they actually bought the home for $855,000. So it had already increased in value. The church bought the home, but it was under a company that the pastor and his wife owned. So did the church really own the home? Okay. Another one was he got an advancement of nine months salary. Now that's in violation of a Florida statute governing nonprofits and how they should operate. So imagine being paid nine, well, actually his wife got nine months and he got seven months of their salary in advance. So imagine going to your boss and saying, I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. <laughs> and the last one, improper use of over $1 million in PPP loan proceeds. That money too went to a company owned by not the church. And maybe it was used to buy, you know, invest in some uh, Bitcoin or cryptocurrency, maybe perhaps, you know, get, get rich quick scheme. There's that. <laughs> Let me just drop that in there. Okay. <laughs> there, there's that. So what do you guys think? <laughs> well, um, yeah, this could go on for hours. But um, Joe said this before we started. She went on Insta and she pulled down a bunch of quotes. But I was on, so, and I'm going to put it in the chat. Christian Post did a big story about it. And um, there is like, let me guess, the church hired a secular law firm. The report is filled with hearsay evidence, and it relies on not evidence to proclaim there is evidence. What freaking word salad is that? <laughs> word salad. Well, well, so, yeah, so I am a, um, well, Kelly's usually our social media snooper, but because the pastor and his wife had just recently launched their own Instagram account. I thought, well, let me snoop on that. And so there are all of these comments of support and followers, which we were, the three of us were talking about how sad it is that people are just looking for something to support right now. So clearly they are looking the other way. They have a blind spot, this leader in their community, but there are hidden comments on a lot of their, uh, or on their videos that say things like, you need to pray for forgiveness. You got greedy. You lived in a million dollar house at the expense of your church. You are a con man. Um, so obviously not everybody follows, uh, are still his avid followers. But. I like to call it a con couple, not a con man, but a con couple. Ah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. So, 
the big issue here is one that we faced face a lot in the business world. There was a governance issue. You had the board that was upset at the performance of the president and CEO, the head pastor. So this is how we bring this back to business and auditing and fraud and all that good stuff. So you see, the financial statements started taking a downturn before the economy. So they went from having, uh, what was it, Joe, $1 million? $9 million. $9 million. In October of 2020 to $6 million two months later. Yeah. Okay. First of all, which church starts with $9 million? Sorry, but I come from a different world. Um, and then down to $2 million in the spring of 2021. Right. And when they got down to $2 million, that's when they attempted to blame the pandemic. Now, that's when the board got together and said, we're going to hire this firm. Now, you just heard the other quote uh, that Kelly said about the word salad. But something else uh, the pastor said was, how can you do an investigation of financial transactions without a financial statement audit? Now, for those of you who know, those two things are totally separate. So again, just mashing up some words to try and sound good. But now what I will say about the attorney's report, it had a lot of stuff in it. Some of it was factual and some of it was deductive reasoning where they talked about uh, they put some emotion into it. But what I want to do is bring up, they interviewed several people and all of those people had very bad things to say with explicit examples about the behavior, which sounds like the creation of a toxic workplace. So I'll give you some examples. Um, it said that they treated employees like second class citizens. Uh, so they would give employees instructions such as specific times of day when services were to be provided and the exact requirements for when they were to be served meals and what meals were to be served. And they would name call the employees if they got anything wrong. Um, one witness said that after an encounter happened. Oh, wait, hold on. That's the wrong one. All right. Let me get to the other story. Sorry, guys. But apparently no there was a lot of bad treatment of employees. Go ahead, uh, Joe Kelly. No, I was just going to say there is no wrong story. Like this is full of wrongness. But um, I'm sorry. But when I read everything everybody was saying that you're reading, Robert, about that they said about him, um, it kind of reminded me of Steve Jobs. And they said there's one word that they used to describe this guy, which was a narcissist and took credit for other people's ideas and constantly tore people down in public display and all like it is exactly i don't know my mind just went so your your um correlation to corporate america was perfect right there for me because when i read that that's where my mind went it seems like a corporation not a nonprofit. in other words exactly so here, here's some of the examples i was looking for in in one instance he told an employee to drive to the liquor store late at night and to deliver him a bottle of bourbon to his house because, quote, he did not want to be seen purchasing liquor. Now, another person recounted that an employee was instructed to purchase a car for the pastor and deliver it to his home. And then after that employee delivered the car, um, as demanded, the pastor told him to find his own ride home. Oh. OK, I know this is like, gee. 
but I'm going with asshole. Oh my <laughs> God. What an asshole. Yeah. Can you show the church, Robert? Do you have the images? I should have asked you that. I'm putting you on the spot now. Because, I mean, that's the first thing. I just like looking at the picture, the visuals behind things. Yeah, let's see here. And by the way, they had a staff. Um, this is the church. The house is completely different. They had a, a staff at their house, too, right? I mean, they, they, they took this to the extreme. They had three yeah. houses I read. They had, and you know, they, yeah, I don't think, yeah, three houses. And um, by the way, just, you know, not to be political or anything, they're not paying taxes on that big building. Bring your family back to Right. Sorry, you guys. Oh, so. Yeah. That yeah. is the church. They're not paying taxes on that property. You know, um, I, I think we have to talk about the fact, and I know this might get a little bit um, kind of woo-woo for a lot of people, but apparently the pastor was said to have had an incident in 2018 where he thought that Jesus spoke to him through a loaf of bread at church and people saw his like complete demeanor change. And the reason I'm going there is because you just showed the building. And I guess what he was... Um, said to have told other people at the church was that the church members needed to get used to not having a building. So he was like, I feel like there was, he was planning something like this was, and that was 2018, you know, this started and the behavior, the bad behavior started to happen. And I mean, maybe there's mental illness here. There is reports of mental illness from his, like of his wife. I don't know. Like I read that, but I, it just really interesting comments coming out that make you think that this goes back further than why we're talking about it in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. After the incident, they said that they could see him visibly shaken and he wasn't the same. His behavior changed. And then that's also around the time that the board began to have uh, uh, suspicions and reservations. Now, let me just say that there's also a counter allegation. He's alleging that at least one of the board members benefited from being at the church by uh, offering construction services for in kind and then turning around and charging the church for those expenses. Now, the report produced by the law firm didn't find those transactions. So I'm not saying that he's not telling the truth, but I'm just saying that a law firm that investigated couldn't find those transactions. So well, what I'm saying is, as a member of a church, I find it so crazy that things went on for so long. And I know we know this happens in corporate America, but in order for a board to keep a pastor like this, that has been, I mean, literally shown, I mean, that the comments from people that worked for him were horrible to keep him in place, there had to have been, in my mind, something going on with the board and and keeping him there for four plus years. Now, I will say, in reading the stories, another thing that happened too was they said that he was purchasing some of the property and transferring some of the money without board approval. So there's your governance and oversight issues that we see in corporations. So that might explain why it took four years for them to actually find out what was happening, because maybe things were happening without board approval, which means that as CEO, 
there were definitely segregation of duty issues because he had the authority to instruct people to do certain things and they actually did it. Uh, so it sounds like a culture of fear as well. And, you know, if he's leaving people stranded in the middle of the middle of the night and telling people to go to the liquor store for him. Now, Hal brings up a good point. It says it was founded in 1998. Yeah, it's a very old church. It actually was. I actually lived close to where that church is in Jacksonville, Florida. So I know exactly where it is. And I remember when they broke ground on this huge plot of land um, many years ago. But yeah, there were some governance and oversight issues, definitely, because it was set up like a corporation because it was a, uh, a 5013C under Florida law. And they're saying also that they violated Florida law that the pastor did by the way that he did things without board approval. You're required to have a board. You're required to have bylaws and certain things like that. So, yeah. I love the comments that are coming in from everybody. Um, I mean, it's sad that... Kelly, you know, I mean, this is pretty common, right? Well, so this is where I'm going to go on my little soapbox. And I love your little emojis, Hal. Um, okay. You know, oxymoron, military intelligence, jumbo shrimp. My oxymoron is um, attorney investigator. I, I just, I don't think they have the, they're too, they're not objective. Like, it, it just drives me insane. Like, do they even know what the word OSINT is? Have they looked on Instagram? Have they tried to find witnesses? I can go on and on. I just, hearing attorney investigator and um, Mark, I would love to hear your opinion on this. Like, it drives me insane because they clearly had an objective. And so that report uh, is like, Oh, oh, Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's just, they have, they have an objective and they'll find what they want to prove what they want. And it's as certified fraud examiners, we can't even say guilt or innocence. Yeah. Oh, Mark. They are also terrible. They interrupt. Oh my God. They interrupt. So, okay. Yes. Soapbox so, over. Sorry. Thank you, Mark. You've made my no, day. Great soapbox though. Cause let me, let me just piggyback off of that. Cause I was going to go there, but I was trying to find the right time. So you notice I said earlier that the report had a lot of emotion in it. That to me is the downfall of it. So for example, one part of the report said that the pastor's leadership was inconsistent and unbiblical. Now, how would you make that kind of a conclusion? You should be presenting the facts. It also said that his leadership was, quote unquote, marked by rampant spiritual and emotional abuse, including manipulation, a profound sense of self-importance and selfishness, superiority and entitlement, overbearing and unreasonable demands on employees' time, and lack of accountability or humility and demands of an absolute loyalty. Now, realistically, all you had to do was write up the fact that somebody got a car, He's delivered the car to him and he told him to find his way home. That would have proven the point. You didn't have to say all of that. And to your point, Kelly, you sound like you produced a report that's not really objective. And that's why I said that earlier about the emotional aspects of the report, because that part struck me as like, oh, wait a minute. You had me up until here because you, you really want to maintain a sense of objectivity because now you're almost kind of proving the pastor's point that, hey, maybe the board did have something to do with it, too. Because, well, anyway, I, I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> Can you put up what Mark Hopkinson just said? Um, 
I just was thinking, Cecilia Bach writes in her book uh, that lo that attorneys are master manipulators of the truth. Oh, which oh my God. It's my life. I mean, it, it, right. I mean, that's what they want. I mean, yeah, it, it's what do they want to see? What do they want to prove? So how do you have a lawyer or attorney investigator? I mean, they're only looking for the truth that they're looking for. They're not looking for the whole truth, in my mind. Right. Attorneys like to write and talk. That's they're what paid they by do. their clients. Can we just talk about inherent conflict of interest? I mean, they're paid for their clients. Yeah. And I love what Paige just said. All that additional information is more like a psychological report. Yeah. Right. And they're not qualified to give psychological assessments. They're there to produce a report based on fact. But yeah, I cringe too, Kelly, anytime there's an attorney investigator. No offense to attorneys, but this is one reason why. I think e even just the way we've laid it out factually as to why we don't necessarily trust attorney investigators just makes sense. We didn't use any emotion in describing it. We read their exact words from a report. Um, I'm going to put a link in the show notes um, for this woman, um, Loydette. And she is an attorney investigator and I love her. She's over in England, but she is awesome. She has a great newsletter um, and she puts stuff on LinkedIn that is really, really good. And I'm gonna say she's like my favorite attorney investigator out there. And that's wow. saying something. So, yeah. Um, Robert, I think you should read the pastor's statement that just came out because that's pretty interesting too. That just came out? Oh man. Well, no, I mean, it's at the end of, I posted the article in the comments, but like his response to what's happening, because I think, um, let me see if I can find it. If you don't have it up. I know I read it, but I don't think I have it up right now. Let's see. I just think it goes to show uh, the denial that we often see. I can't find it either right now, but. You mean the one where he says, I could never have imagined as we transitioned me and Jen into leadership that things would unfold the way that they have? Oh no, this isn't talking to the congregation. Never uh, mind, this is not his statement. Let me see if I can find it. I'll keep looking. Talk amongst yourself. <laughs> but, but they also have a new Twitter, uh, not Twitter, Instagram account too, where they have been posting a lot of things. And Joe has gone on to that Instagram account and found a lot of stuff. But but oh. let's show the house, the one point whatever million dollar house while Joe continues to look for that. Here's the house, my friends. Here is the house. Now, if you look, you'll see, let me see if I can enlarge this. Uh, the house, if you look right here, there's the house, there's the, the river, that's probably the St. John's River, which is a very nice river. Look at the boat ramp to get down to your boat. There's a swimming pool there as well. It's very nice, wooded, private. It's a very nice home. I mean, okay, I found, I found oh. the comment. I think you said most of it. It's a, It's talking about his it says the report is completely uh, concocted by the trustees and their lawyer as a character assassination assassination without real basis. Did you you didn't read this, did you, Robert? 
No, I didn't. So it says the charges are as they always were untrue and without hard basis in fact, as a thoughtful investigation would show. Despite my numerous requests for the usual independent financial audit for 2021. So he points back to that. Uh, as reflected in the board minutes, they have not done so, choosing instead to conduct their own misinformed investigation without input from the most informed. And he goes on to talk about a board-led church and what that means and the responsibility of the board for the financial performance. And so, I don't know, I just see this as him using the board as a scapegoat here, even though, again, the facts show he bought this house. He sold the house to the church for a $400,000 profit. Like, again, why can we not just stick to the facts, like you said? But I think he's pointing the figure in his statement to the board. Well, and you know what? Oh, he they're definitely just, They're murking up the waters. They're dirtying up the waters by having... So I understand the board wants to get rid of them. But, like, do it in the proper way. You know who, again, Soapbox, the only people who are going to profit off this are the attorneys in the civil fight. And the congregationists are going to be paying for all of those six-minute increments because they probably got an attorney congregant firm to do this report that had an agenda. So, like, you got to go outside and you got to get someone good. Like, I it's just, yoy, yoy. <laughs> yeah. Ah, now I find his statement. <laughs> you got it, Joe. You read it. Well, we read so much about these stories. I feel like everything gets lost in the. I took like 10 screenshots of things. So I was looking. So, what I was telling uh, Kelly and Rob before we started was that uh, the pastor's Instagram video from April 21st, that was eight days ago, uh, was all about betrayal. And uh, really interesting because at the very start of the big beginning of the video, he says, I don't want you to think this is a code message about what my wife and I are going through when it comes to betrayal. But then the, the undertone of the entire video, to me at least, as you know, kind of reading the background of the story was, this is how he was feeling. So it's funny. Isn't it? I mean, I feel like when people point something out at the beginning as not being true, it ultimately is true. So it's like I didn't believe him from right off the, the beginning when he says this is not about me. So then the whole video, I'm like, yes, it is. It's, it's about you. It's like, don't don't even say that if that's not the case. Right. You, you're looking guilty right from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and this is a complete and total lesson in corporate governance that is really what it is you had a board whose duty responsibility and obligation was oversight of the church now when you saw those funds drop from nine to six or seven million and then from six or seven to like two you had a responsibility to make a move now that move within your rights is to simply just fire the ceo right so why not just fire the ceo do the investigation and then pursue criminal charges to recoup the money that you have, that you lost. Why all of this mudslinging? That doesn't make sense. But I understand you have religion involved, and so that adds another uh, additional element to it. But this is clearly a case of corporate governance going wrong, just like you would see in corporate America. But this is a nonprofit, 
And now we say it's a church, but obviously it was organized as a nonprofit, which means it was a business. Well, to Mark's question, has anything been provided? I think the answer to that's yes, what the U.S. attorneys provided, because I read somewhere he could face up to five years in prison based on what's been provided. So I think more to come on that, but that's what I read. Yep. Kelly said it pierced the shield of the board's responsibility. And, you know, there's so many board members who are like, oh, well, we have DNO insurance and like, you know, we're protected. You're not protected when you stick your head in the sand like this. And, and right. even if you're protected and insurance covers you, I will tell you, it's going to ruin your life for several years. So even if you're right, but you get dragged into the lawsuit and even if the insurance covers you, it's still time you will never get back. And again, you've got a lot of congregants and I'm not incredibly you know, organized religion sort of person, but you have congregants who are like, oh my God. I mean, I can't imagine the gossiping and the snipping and the taking of sides of yep. this that really, like Joe said, people want something to be able to like rely on and that's it. Um, it's Florida. There's plenty of sand, Kelly. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh God. I love that. Ooh. Hal. Let's go back and let's tell everybody what DNO insurance is. That's directors and officers insurance. And if you're on the board of an organization, you can get this insurance and it's to hedge the bets against you being sued personally and held personally liable for anything that might happen. So uh, these individuals probably, to Kelly's point, probably did have that insurance. But I just want everybody to understand what DNO insurance is. Oh, and I'm having an episode coming up on great women and fraud a woman in florida who's a paralegal who does dno cases and it's really good it is Ooh. really good and i can't remember it might drop next week or the following week maybe but it's it's really good episode and we talked for hours but not on the episode we just had so much to talk about <laughs> okay, this is gonna be another two-parter then i like your two-part episodes oh. <laughs> So Paige says, is there a maximum to the, uh, I'm assuming to the DNO insurance? Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. yeah, for DNO. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's per individual in my experience, um, but it's like, I mean, it's usually capped out. Um, and then the problem is if then they find out that you have buried your head in the sand, they're gonna come after you. Like the insurance right. company are gonna, you know. So it just, it doesn't, it doesn't end. Um, so even if you're covered, it's still time you won't ever get. <laughs> part one, part D, uh, part one, the D, part two, the O. <laughs> oh, my God. You I guys are so funny. This is uh, a case for we need to do follow up Friday fraudsters because some of these are so fresh. It'll be interesting to see what happens with this church. Yeah, yeah, this is one that we need to do a part two on. Uh, but I also think, again, it's, it's lessons that uh, we can learn and apply in the corporate workforce as well, because this is a, that's a pretty significant amount of money. This is not a small church. This is not a small business. This is not a small amount of money. This is a multi-million dollar operation. And I think they said they had, uh, I want to say, 32 different campuses or locations or something like that and international as well. So it wasn't just in the US, they had some international operations as well. Has anyone watched The Righteous Gemstones? No. 
oh my god it's like a mega church family it's crazy it is like bonkers crazy righteous gemstones i've kind of i need to touch up on it i need to write um, that down yeah it's bonkers it is just absolutely and it's like a mega church and it's the family and it's but i gotta say one thing pjs and it's not pajamas it's private jets i want my pastor if i were to have a pastor to be in the back of the plane certainly not in his own plane <laughs> i want him coach i want him a budget budget economy well, I think Hal brought it up. There was no Disney because we do know that the church was a couple hours from Disney, but there was exotic trips in private jets. So there you go, Hal. That answers your question. Well, well back to Kelly's point, though, I want the, the I want the pastor at least on the same plane with me. Maybe he'll have some extra prayers that keep us safe. And Duke wrote, is anyone going after the Theranos board? No, I'm going with no. I'm going yeah. with there. Well, some of them, I mean, George Schultz is dead. Um, yeah. So, um, I think if you Baker movie, Hal's typing in about the Tammy Faye Baker, you know, um, Jessica Chastain got she got an Academy Award for it, and I haven't seen it yet. I gotta watch it because I hear it's really good. My watch yeah. list is way too long. I'm pretty sure Kelly called me this morning and was like, you have to watch this this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I will though. I will. Um, and just, Kelly, what are we going to watch starting tonight? You were going to mention it. Ozark. Ozark. Season four, the final part, I am binging all weekend long. Yes. Does the whole thing the whole thing drops tonight? Yes, like they drop yeah, all the Netflix. So part it's two, just like Netflix stock has dropped. <laughs> now yeah. I will say Ozark is awesome. Uh, casinos, not churches, but <laughs> still <laughs> awesome nonetheless. Um, season one or two, there was churches on the water involved in Ozark. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. That's Very the Yep, it happened. Yeah. All right, so guys, episode number 55 of the Friday Froster pilfering from the pool pit. We had a church, we had a church pastor who was accused of a lot of things, stealing money, transferring money, buying real estate, making money on the sale of that real estate, uh, talking bad about the board. The board was talking bad about him, uh, making employees feel less than human by doing some insane things if those accounts are true. Uh, he has resigned from his role and criminal charges, maybe we'll see, because one of the recommendations in the final report was that they turn over everything that they found to the appropriate authority. So maybe mm -hmm. Mark says churches and casinos all the same. There are people involved. Hey. And they can't call Kelly this weekend. It's like the uh, the Theranos quote, uh, technology doesn't lie, but the people behind technology often do. I mean, that's like churches, casinos, they're maybe legitimate entities, but the people behind them, maybe not. Yeah. So uh, lesson for the, for the day, auditors, fraud investigators, compliance folks, 
Check out the corporate governance because it means a lot. Happy well, there's a whole lot of other stuff in here. <laughs> Any like last words, Joe? Ethics. ethics. This is putting me on a roll for teaching an ethics class. I know. Kelly's about to get off and record an ethics presentation. So. Oh, nice. I'm wearing nice. pink. I'm wearing pink. Higher pastures. <laughs> Have a great weekend, everyone. <laughs> See you guys next week. <laughs>